read, I'm a 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 read. Welcome back to another episode of It's Lit, the Black Book Club. I'm Laurel. And I am Kimata. And today we're discussing Tiffany Haddish's The Last Black Unicorn. Came out just this last December. Well, not just. It's just this last December. Just about a year now. So it came out <laughs> December 2017. It's a 288-page book. Not too bad of a read. Yeah, um, I, I did it in like a day. I same. I also did it in a day. Um, you know, that's funny. I would say I did it in a day. And after reviewing the book, I'm not going to say this is just the best piece of literature I've ever read. But it it kept me hooked enough to stay up till 5 a.m. and just knock it out. It would it reminded me of like a telenovela. Like right when you think things weren't going to get worse, they got worse. Mm, and yeah. then all of a sudden she triumphed. It was like the ultimate like triumph story, I feel like. Most like, definitely. The underdog of the underdog. Yeah. So, I mean, jumping right in, I got to say the book started out with me cracking up laughing. Yeah. Um, she starts out by saying that school was difficult, and one of the main reasons is because she couldn't read until she was in ninth grade, um, which is very true. That is, that is a truth, but it was also hilarious because she writes the book the way in which that she speaks. So if she was going to say um, she puts um in the book. So I'm just imagining Tiffany Haddish saying, you know, school is hard. Probably because I couldn't read till I was in like ninth grade and I died. I died laughing. I wouldn't be surprised if she recorded it and then wrote out what she said. Yeah. Which is fine with me because I honestly, I feel like when, like when I read a book and it's an autobiography, I would much more like to hear the tone of your voice when I read it rather than just hearing the words come out and it just sounds like we're, like I'm not having a real conversation with you. I feel like it depends on what type of book you're reading. I'm super into semantics and diction and all that other jazz. Mm -hmm. But well, throw that out the window for this. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. For the sake of this book, though, I mean, I think it is really key. I feel like for an autobiography, it's key to relate through the words to hearing the person, you know, telling yeah. their story. Which is one thing that she successfully does in this book. Um, she starts out by talking about her childhood yeah uh, rough childhood yeah to say well, the least she was raised by her mom in the beginning and her dad but her dad left around the age of three and her mom got into a relationship with her stepfather who more or less was kind of like abusive i would say he was more so abusive and their relationship wasn't great to grow up in and witness and be around but it got worse when her mom got in a car accident right and basically like ended up having a lot of brain and mental issues because of her accident that she was never really able to recover from right so mentally impaired to the point where you can't take care of yourself let alone children let alone not be abusive physically verbally emotionally right you know. and tiffany does such a good job of kind of making sure we're empathetic to the situation instead of just blaming her mom for treating her that way she kind of makes sure to remind people that that's still her mom she loves her mom very much like even though her mom didn't treat her well when she was younger mm -hmm. it wasn't that her mom didn't like her it was just the way things happened I kind of got that a lot of what her mom said after going through this trauma 
was probably some stuff that she held on to before the trauma happened. So to me, I kind of saw it as, you know how when you get drunk and all of a sudden a lot of truth comes out? You felt that truth before you got drunk. Yeah. It was just the drunkenness that made it come out. I would just feel really sad if that was true, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But her, yeah, the situation just wasn't good. And so she ended up being partly raised by her grandmother for a bit, but then going into foster care. Right. Um... And the foster care system was kind of detrimental. Well, I mean, Tiffany doesn't describe it as detrimental to her by any means. I feel like as a kid, she wasn't really aware of all the things going on around her. In hindsight, she kind of knows better. But back then, she was just kind of like, this is my situation. Yeah, I mean, she did have to worry about, you know, fighting for her life every night. I mean, I don't know if you go as far as fighting for her life, but just getting beat up. Yeah. You know, so there is that, but... Rewind, um, back to being young, she deals a lot with being called ugly, being called stupid, dealing with people, and then on top of the fact that, you know, she can't read. So, basically she had, you know, physical aspects of herself that that people would make fun of. Her grandma, her mom called her stupid, called her ugly, so she's growing up, you know, thinking that she is these things. Um, So that's one thing to go against, you know, it's like, I never had to deal with that. Yeah. I had pretty supportive family members when it came to, like, my physical self and, my like, my emotional well-being. They were always telling me that I was smart and that was yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, but she does find comedy. And um, I really like the story of her going to this comedy camp and really excelling and, you know, finding that you're really good at something. And she's very young and she... Um, ends up wanting to be, like, featured on uh, a news article. So she goes to court. You know, she does everything that she has to do to get on this this uh, segment. She finally gets on, and some other news replaces it, but eventually gets aired. And so, you know, going through all of that and finding that passion early on, I thought, was, was really cool. But what makes it sad is that she gets into NYU later on and ends up not being able to go because she can't afford it. Yeah. Which I think is, in like in hindsight, I don't think she would be the same type of comedian or the same type of person if she went to NYU. I think she knows that too. Like she knows that everything she had to go through, she had to go through to get to where she is now. Mm-hmm. Um, it sucks that that was the position she was in because who knows who she would be now if she went to NYU. Like maybe other possibility, there would have been other possibilities for her other than just going the comedian route. Right. Yeah, she had to turn down, I feel like she had to turn down a lot of opportunities just because of the situation that she was born into. Yeah. Um, Or that she found herself in along the way. I really was interested in the whole suck on my titties to make them grow aspect of the book. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So when she was in foster care, her foster mother had her father living with her, so would you call that the foster granddaddy? Sure thing. Yeah. along this. So foster grandpa saw Tiffany as a young teenager entering puberty, stuffing tissues into her bra before going to school, and basically gave her the proposition of, hey, if you let me suck on your boobs, it, it'll make them grow. And yeah, she goes, really? Grow. Yeah. She's like, what? <laughs> okay. So every day she'd let him do this, and apparently he did nothing else to her, but I can't imagine just like that situation. Right? I mean, the way that she describes it, because it was so... Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do this, and, and it'll help you out. And because he didn't do anything else, almost like, you know, there there is no trauma there. I don't, you know, she doesn't describe it as, as a traumatic event. 
So even though it's clearly molestation. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's definitely interesting. Yeah. To say the least. I think a lot of the relationships with men are really kind of, they really move the story along, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the errors in her life are kind of centered around different men. So she has this foster. I mean, a lot of the errors in a lot of women's lives. You know, which is true. Um, I think that's, it's, it's too bad, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, to me, when your when your life, any era of your life is too is centered around you know like other people, um, I think it's a little bit too bad. But it makes sense in in some ways. But for Tiffany specifically, you had this like foster granddaddy dude, and then you have this boyfriend that she has who decides one day that he wants to be a pimp. Oh yeah, <laughs> I yeah I feel like that was a weird scenario. Which I I think, okay, so Tiffany is dating this man. She's very serious with him. She thinks things are going well. They live together, all that. And she finds out that- One day he loses his job. Yeah. Because they used to work together. Right. They used to work together. One day he loses his job. And then he starts bringing home money again. And he starts going out and doing his own thing. And she doesn't really know where the money is coming from. Mm-hmm. Or why he's gone for long periods of time. She she just thinks he's cheating on her. Mm-hmm. Turns out he's a pimp. But the other thing I thought was weird is she's like, you know, I finally get a I get a car, and he would just take the car for like a few days and just like, oh yeah, well he took it for a few days. Like he said he wouldn't, but what? I would have called the cops. <laughs> right. I'm no, not with my money. <laughs> but through all of that, he decides that he wants to be a pimp. He ends up. You know, messing around with this girl and that. I thought it was really funny. She turns the tables and pimps out. His trick? His trick? I don't, I, I don't even know. His woman that yeah. she's making money off of. Oh, my God. <laughs> but and, and turns the tables, which is a really funny story. No spoiler alerts. You'll just have to read it yourself. Read the book. But the the really the key point is not him, but the next man in her life, which her and her boyfriend go on a cruise. Um, and this man is just following her, recording her. Now, mind you, the cruise is, I believe, leaving out of Florida. Yeah. The other side of the country. And he's following her and videoing her, and eventually they make contact. Um, he had, like, left his number with her or something like that. Um, make contact and through everything that that she describes he is a full-on stalker creep and you know long story short they get married he turns out to be abusive extremely abusive they get a divorce they get back together and then they get a divorce again but I thought what was so interesting is that the key straw that made her divorce him the second time and the final time was not that he was abusive, crazy, yeah. but that he ends up having a, a family on the side and he doesn't want to, like, pay for them or um, he'd been kind of holding out on them. He, and she goes, you know, my own dad wasn't there. I don't want to be with someone who's not there for his own kids. And I was like, you know, valid, valid, valid. valid points, but it's just interesting that that's what led you to the final decision. I think also it's, like, it speaks to the cycle of abuse because if you're in an abusive situation – 
it's kind of become like it just becomes a part of your routine like something you expect with that person so it's like to leave that it's really new so then that feels odd because you're not in that cycle so when you when she divorced him the first time she was like oh i kind of miss him like he did show me love like even though he was a stalker he Mm -hmm. was there for me whenever i needed him so i understand that it can be really hard to break that cycle but also i it's kind of weird because at the same time that this abuse was going on her career was starting to rise she was booking a lot more things they were living basically off of her income she was working at in toronto when she was at the comedy festival there and that was like right. one of the first times that he like was abusive in front of the people that she knew that she worked with right and i think that whole situation to me was like kind of eye-opening as to how she was able to kind of lie for him and like ease everyone else's mind about their relationship and go above and beyond to try and make sure that like no one else knew about it even though she knows it's wrong she's still comfortable with like not asking for help yeah i mean this flashes back to me i don't know if you've ever seen the movie what's love got to do with it no tina turner and ike oh yeah 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 yeah. movie and i love angela bassett but (laughs) um different points in the movie where (laughs) they had um one of the the biggest points they just had this fight both of them just faces messed up and they walk into this hotel like um i'd like a room please you know, and we're just like, like, what's going on? So for Tiffany to be in that situation at a at a movie, at festival, comedy yeah. festival, and, you know, people are saying, hey, like, are you okay? You're okay? Like, no, no, like, like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And you're obviously not fine, and you're having to deal with this in, for her, a professional environment, you know? Yeah. So definitely interesting. Um, hard. Hard. To say the least. I also think that Tiffany's... Tiffany always tries to go out of her way when writing this book to make sure that she highlights the positives that happen during those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even when her boyfriend, the pimp, was pimping people out, mm-hmm. she still talks about how she was able to take his woman from her, yeah. pimp her out, and not only pimp her out, but also show her how she can make her own business mm-hmm. on the side, which I think was super interesting. Like, she... It never seemed like she went out of her way to intentionally harm other people who might have been involved in her situation didn't do harm to her. Right. I feel like she was very forgiving to those who, like, have done things to her. That's, like, that's the kind of vibe I got when reading it. Like, I mean, also, so, my first experience with Tiffany Haddish was through the movie Girls Trip. And so, just through that, through maybe a few interviews that you may have seen with her, she has a very strong personality, a very vibrant and, like, positive personality. She talks about how she worked as a promoter, just going to parties and getting the party started, getting people <laughs> out dancing despite the man that she accidentally killed. Yeah. <laughs> she asks this. She goes to oh, a apartment, I believe, uh, and this old guy sitting down. And she's getting him in there, and he ends up just, like, having a heart attack. I I wish to never see something like that. <laughs> but, I mean, no, at the end of the day, you know, that's why she's like, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. But it was good. Like, yeah, he was old. He true. probably hadn't moved in ages. You got him, you know. the that's a good way the, the children were like, hey, you know, he died with a smile on his face. Or, like, I've never seen him that happy. So she has a very, and you, no, no, but you see her and you're reading about all of this negative stuff that she's going through and that she's gone through and you're saying, you know, you have every reason in the world to be bitter, to be angry, to be spiteful, to be vengeful. And you're just like, 
happy and you're still going after what you want. So, you know, I think it's it's not a bad thing to have a bad day. And I'm sure that she has her own bad days. But overall, at least it seems, mm-hmm. you know, that she's staying positive and, and moving forward. So, good stuff. Good stuff. I also really enjoyed the fact that she talked about what she learned from Girls Trip. Like, Jada Pinkett Smith telling her that she should always be somewhat made up. Every you know, single day. I had mixed feelings about that section. Me too. I wonder if Jada ever has an off day where she just doesn't want to put on makeup. It's not even that. I mean, like, my mixed feelings were like, one, I get it. Mm-hmm. You work in entertainment, and it's about what people can see. It's about what people perceive you to be. So if you're wearing, quote, cheap stuff, then, yeah, maybe people will see you like that as opposed to someone who's always wearing designer. But... The way, so mind you, she she inserts actual quotes from conversations that they've had between each other. And so she inserts, you know, Jada saying, when you wear cheap stuff, you know, people are going to um, think that they can, like, treat you in a cheap way and that, you know, this is who we are and we need to present ourselves as, you know, on this pedestal, whatever. And I'm just like, as the type of person who doesn't, value that sort of thing in that way i just found it very superficial i also find i also feel that like i rock cheap things all the time because i'm poor and i make it work (laughs) so i mean i disagreed with it only in the fact that like you can make any outfit of any price point look good if you i don't know if you make it look good it takes like confidence but also just like knowing your body knowing what works well for you and what you feel comfortable and confident in I feel like it goes way beyond just how much something costs or like if it's higher end yeah but I mean at the same time you know if you've ever walked I am, I'll never forget I walked into Neiman Marcus a while back and I see this white t-shirt with like a hole in it or something it was like $300 so it's like okay I'm gonna assume that you know when you reach a certain stature of financial wealth or whatever. This is what you buy. You could buy the same shirt at, you know, XYZ store for $10. Yeah. But you buy it here because of the namesake, because of the brand, because of everything that it stands for. And I get why um, celebrity entertainers do that, especially when you have the financial wealth to, you know, expend on that. But the underlying belief of like a hey you know i've come this far and i can do this so therefore i'm gonna buy this and it does symbolize me being better than you um i personally disagree with just because you wearing a 300 dollars shirt doesn't make you any more valuable in fact it makes anyway you know yeah i think learning about tiffany haddish and her love for groupon really made me feel like I could identify with her more. Because she ends up taking Jada and Will to a swamp tour, Mm -hmm. which I want to do. I don't like swamps, nor do I like mosquitoes (laughs) and things, but just I want to try it and just see if, like, I can understand why people do it. Yeah. Because it's not, that's not for me. But I'd try it once. And just hearing about how she thinks about money and how she still sees money is kind of like a like an overabundance of money is like I take care of my family and then I still make sure I'm like frugal with it yeah but I think that part of that comes with her own situation in that she still has to she hasn't reached a level of wealth where you can just be throwing money around you know what I mean like if she were to just like let's say some scandal came out and she never got another gig again 
I am fairly certain that she doesn't have enough money to live the rest of her life off of. Was you that know, a threat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I'm saying, you know, she hasn't reached that level yet where where she can be that frivolous. Mm. And so, I mean, I think that that goes into my overall opinion of the book as well. I think it was. I don't want to say that it was written prematurely, but I don't think that. Um, I, I mean, maybe that's just me. I haven't been exposed to enough of her work to really think that she has a lot to impart, a lot to say, which is why I thought that the book was very surface. I found myself that reading it and kind of thinking like, okay, that's nice to know, but, you know, what else? I also think that it was a little premature only because it's not like she's she's lived she's old like she's lived a life like i feel like it was it's a great book for people who are in similar who had similar upbringings to see that there is hope i feel like it's a very like hope-filled book you read it and you feel like if tiffany can do anything i can do anything mm-hmm. and she does try to i feel like that's part of the message of the book but i also feel like she has a couple more years yeah like a little premature she has a couple more years like she could probably impart a lot more wins- wisdom if she let it settle and like actually like, I don't know. I don't want to say achieved more, but achieved more. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, like, she talks about, like, she's gone through a lot. She speaks a lot towards um, different trials and tribulations that you're going to face as a female entertainer, as a female comedian, making your way through this business. Um, even just as a entertainer in general, you know, going to a show and knowing, like, hey, this show may not be my best show or that show wasn't my best show, you know, getting booed off a stage or etc so it's like obviously you've been through a lot but in the eyes of the general public the general public doesn't see the entire journey they see it once you've made it yeah you know so there's a lot of people out there right now grinding trying to become something going through their own struggles and one day they're gonna make it and they'll be able to look back and blah 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 but like as of right now nobody knows that that, that that's going on that that's happening so um yeah i think i think the through the more movies and shows and appearances and I don't know, maybe she'll do some stuff behind the works that'll really be able to add to her bank of wisdom that she can give or even experience experiences that she can, you know, lend to others. Yeah. So who would you recommend this book to? You know, uh, I recommend to anyone in a similar situation. I think that that's the general gist of books. Um, if you can relate to it personally, or anyone who's just kind of looking to pass the time. I wouldn't say that I would readily recommend this book to anybody. If you happen to have found it on a table somewhere and you just want to glaze your eyes across some words and put them together, I mean, hey, do it. I personally, I mean, no, nothing, you know, against the book, but it is a very elementary written book. Like I said, I found myself reading it and thinking, okay, that's nice to know, but... Okay, um, if, you're, if you're a fan of Tiffany Haddish, I would read it. Yeah. Um, other than that... I would say it's a good, quick, motivational read. Yeah. I feel like out of all the autobi- autobiographies we've gone through, this was the most concise. Because I feel like it was kind of like, boom, boom, boom. This happened to me, this happened to me, this happened to me. Then yeah. this happened to me, and then this happened to me. <laughs> and then this happened to me. And now I'm here. And I'm Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Tiffany Haddish, and let me give you a list of things that happened to me. And not saying that it's bad at all. I think... Pretty much. If anything, I really enjoy her, and I feel like I'm 
way more aware of her life and her message a lot more than I was. Mm-hmm. Like, I know just seeing her around everywhere, I was kind of like, oh, like, girl's trip. But there's a lot more to her than just girl's trip. After reading this book, I feel like there's so much more that she can achieve and do mm-hmm. and accomplish. And so I feel like it was a good introduction to her, but I don't I don't think that that's her full story. I'm ready yeah. to see her full story. Yeah. What about you? Would you recommend the book? If so, who to? I would. I would I would give it to my mom. I feel like my mom would love mm-hmm. it. Like, Why is that? Um... It also reminds me of the Shonda Rhimes book, The Year of Yes. Mm. I know there's, like, supposed to be lessons in that one, but I kind of got the same vibe, like, my name's Shonda Rhimes, and this happened to me, and this happened to me, and this happened to me, and then this happened to me, and this happened to me, and now I'm here. And I'm Shonda Rhimes. And I'm Shonda Rhimes. (laughs) So I feel like kind of the same with those two. I feel like my mom would really enjoy learning about her story. Yeah. Um, I would give it to someone who has maybe been in a volatile or um, hard relationship. I feel like they might gain some insight from someone who's been through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also give it to anyone who thinks it's too late to succeed because Tiffany Haddish, she started later than, like, she didn't start later than most. She definitely has been enter- like entertaining people since she was a young child, but she put that away for years to make money and make sure she could live on her own and yeah. be independent. So I would say I'd give it to people who think they can't make it even though they're older. Gotcha. Biggest takeaway. Um, you truly can become someone regardless of the situation. I feel like Charlemagne's book and her book kind of go hand in hand. Like he gives the steps of how he was able to achieve success coming from a small town in the middle of nowhere and all the stuff that he did. I feel like this is kind of the counterpart, but more condensed. And instead of giving everyone a game plan, she kind of just tells you her story of how she got there. Yeah. I mean, I think that hers was a little bit less of a... I mean, maybe this is the level of success thing again. Charlemagne's, when he talks about his book, was a little more of a conscious, like, I'm doing this every day. While to me, Tiffany's is kind of like a, this is how it ended up. Hmm. maybe that's just what I got maybe that's not um, how her life is but that's kind of how I that's how it came off of it but for me um, biggest takeaway <laughs> men ain't shit <laughs> men ain't shit <laughs> I already knew that though uh, yeah <laughs> men will ruin your life don't tr- don't trust them um, no I'd say the big the biggest thing I guess is to to follow your passion because I think that she knew from a very young age and not everyone is lucky enough to have a passion at a young age or to That's have true. a passion at all. I'm still but, trying to figure out what mine is. Right? We're still trying to figure out where we're going. But if you do have a passion you have something that you are good at that you love doing, do it. And I think that that was for her. Um, she discovered that she liked making people laugh, making people smile, making people feel good at an early age and she was able to do that through her comedy. Um, so if you discover something run with it and that's all we got for today thanks for listening we'll leave all the links to tiffany haddish's book the last black unicorn in the description below and we're out we're out